The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. This is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now, we all know Nickel has been a standout performer in response to the new momentum that 2021 has brought to the battery material space in response to a surge in the uptake of electric vehicles and the battery storage of renewable energy. The price of the key battery material is up by 40% on its average for calendar 2020. And most forecasters are predicting a 15-fold increase in demand by 2025, underpinned again by the EV and storage of renewable energy revolution. And don't forget, the the metal's traditional stainless steel market is also exhibiting strong growth in response to COVID-inspired global economic stimulus. Now, the metal's strong price performance and demand outlook has prompted a surge in nickel exploration in Australia. It's actually got a bit crowded. And it has to be said, the quality of projects has fallen away as the number of participants in the hunt has gone up. Not to worry though, we're off to a less crowded part of the world, Tanzania. The northwest of the country is home to Kabanga, one of the world's great undeveloped sulphide nickel deposits. Its resource stands at 58 million tonnes, grading an impressive 2.62% nickel for a contained 1.15 million tonnes of the metal. The resource was worked up by a Barrack and Glencore joint venture, but after Tanzania overhauled its mining laws, the project now sits within the privately owned Kabanga Nickel, which is working on a project development. Now, all of that is by way of background to today's Explorers podcast interest, the ASX-listed Adavale Resources. Its Kabanga Jirani project is adjacent to and a long strike from the Kabanga project. It would be like a junior company having a big and strategic ground position up against Australian Australia's nickel centre, say, like Cambolder. That can't be done in Cambolder today, but it can and has been done by Adavale in Tanzania. It trades under the code ADD or Alpha Delta Delta and last traded at 5.2 cents for a market cap of 15 million, giving the stock plenty of upside leverage to it making a Kabanga like discovery. We have Adavale's CEO, Alan Ritchie, with us today to give us a rundown on the company's hunt in Tanzania and what it's come up to to date from its drilling there. Hi, Alan. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks for your time today. It's a pleasure to be here, Barry. Right. Now, exciting stuff, uh, up hard against the uh, Kabanga deposit. Um, Firstly, I guess you've declared a a sulphide nickel focus for the company. So I guess why Tanzania? Uh, Tanzania is a fantastic place. It's really emerging as a strong sovereign state, uh, it's getting uh, some very solid ESG ticks in place. Um, last year, uh, about uh, October, President Magafuli uh, was re-elected for his second term. Um, and by February, he passed, sadly. Um, uh, but fortunately, uh, President Hassan, the constitutionally uh, uh, correct uh, next president, uh, jumped in and has continued his earlier foreign mining investment platform, which he uh, really uh, shot off in uh, October last year. Uh, and she's added to that, um, you know, some some uh, uh, competence around the, the COVID uh, uh, mission there. Um, she's mm-hmm. uh, improved women's rights, education, 
uh, a lot of social impact and, and renewable energies right on the platform. And I'll tell you a little later, we're right next to a renewable energy hydropower project where we are, um, which is exciting. She's really doing some great things. Okay. Uh, now, given that uh, scene setting on Tanzania, sort of uh, open for business again for the mining, uh, foreign miners and explorers, and we, I'll keep talking about Kibanga here because you are your project is hard up against uh, that deposit. If it's so good, why hasn't it been uh, developed uh, by this stage? Well, actually, it's, that's great you say that. Um, look, not long back, um, an announcement was made and a framework agreement was signed with the government of Tanzania uh, where Kabanga Nickel uh, will invest uh, US $664 million uh, developing their mine, um, uh, installing a Class 1 green nickel refinery, uh, about 100 kilometres up the road from our mutual licenses and um, and some associated infrastructure, which I think will be fantastic right around uh, our licenses and, of course, theirs. So it, it's, um, it is in development ready mode. Um, mm-hmm. there's a, there seems to be quite a bit of activity around the ground there. We've got our team uh, nearby who've seen a, a lot of activity. So it's, uh, yeah, very exciting times. And that Class 1 green nickel refinery, um, uh, is is going to be a, a perfect uh, addition uh, just up the road for, you know, enhancing that green tick. You know, we're, we're doing nickel sulphide and it's renewable energy hydropower project right into uh, right near us, and it's being expanded. Uh, President Hassan has, has taken a a, uh, a loan from uh, the African Development Bank of 140 mil. Uh, she US and she's investing that in upgrading the Kagera hydropower project. Um, so that'll be a 330 kV uh, a transmission into the grid. It's 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 a really exciting place to be. Right. Uh, interesting. You've uh, highlighted the, uh, the the green aspects of uh, Tanzanian nickel uh, recently. We just saw BHP uh, making an investment in solar panels and wind power and all sorts of things to try and reduce the uh, carbon footprint of the WA nickel operations, but they, of course, don't have access to hydropower. And then we've seen uh, Indonesia talking about co- uh, converting MPI back into battery material, but we all know that's a particularly en- energy-intensive uh, process. Yeah. So do you think the, the greenness of this uh, Tanzanian nickel that we'll eventually see um, is a major selling point with end users? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're finding a lot of demand for ethical nickel. Um, uh, you know, here I think in uh, Queensland as well, there was a recent offtake agreement um, uh, signed uh, um, by um, LG uh, taking uh, the uh, nickel offtake, uh, and it's ethically produced. So it, it is important, and for the electric electric vehicle battery, um, I, I think uh, you know I couldn't see sort of coal fire power sourced you know, nickel pig iron to nickel mat and then eventually nickel sulfate um, be the kind of sourcing you put into the chemical cathode of your electronic vehicle um, battery. So, I mean, Robert Friedland tells a much better story than me about that and uh, he's very, you know, worth listening to. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, the green nickel is critical. Now, we talked a lot about Cabanga, the uh, known deposit. What have you guys got at uh, your project? And uh, give us a snapshot of the the history of the company's involvement there. Yeah, sure. That um, about uh, eleven months ago now, myself and a new board uh, got together, um, and uh, we had two licenses right 
next to Kabanga Nickel. Um, you know, we could see that the, the, the opportunity for Kabanga Nickel, um, our neighbour, uh, to become into a development-ready status was possible. And, you know, we decided to, to peg some more ground. But we did it, you know, smartly and methodically. Um, we uh, acquired the BHP data package and the UNDP data package. Uh, that helped us. Uh, I mean, that was a significant amount of data to help a, a greenfield like us. I mean, it mm. just jumped us leaps and bounds ahead um, to be able to select five more licenses, well-chosen licenses with great geochemical anomalies and geophysical targets. Um, and also uh, for the four licenses uh, that we now have surrounding uh, Kabanga, um, to be able to pick some great uh, targets, some high priority targets um, to work across and, and, and explore. And, uh, and now it's helped us sort of expand that to 22 high priority targets. Um, so it's been immeasurable in its value for us. And, uh, you know, we've, we've now underway with our you know, drilling campaign. Um, it's a eight hole, approximately 3000 meters of diamond drilling. It's fully funded and it's exciting times. Hole one is finished. It's, uh, you know, we, we returned, a, um, you know, in that first hole, 195 metre package of nickel and copper bearing sulphide veins. Um, you know, we ran uh, XRFs to, to date. We'll have to send these off for assay, of course, but we ran XRFs with, you know, triple shot checking and making mm. sure we were getting the right read and averaging it out and, our readings came up with uh, nickel up to 0.86%, copper at 4.84%, and some cobalt actually at uh, 0.44. I mean, these are great numbers. There's plenty more work to do and, and more holes to work through, and we'll continue drill testing. But um, with that UNDP and BHP data, you know, it, it established our ability to work the ground and fast track to drilling. I mean, we mm. began our exploration in December. You know, we sort of really did our initial field work around December last year. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, by June, we were drilling. So that was, mm. uh, you know, I mean, we yeah, did it with methodical it? integrity. That's critical. So that data package has probably put you, what, two years ahead of where you might have been if you just rocked up and started picking land? Yeah, we, you know, RC drill hole test around the, the, the licenses. Now we, we, we could go straight to Diamond. We, um, you know, we, we obtained some significant airborne, uh, fixed wing airborne data, um, giving us great EM conductors to understand early and late channel and, and also um, the magnetics. Um, we, we saw that, you know, finding good geochemical anomalies at surface, like, you know, elevated nickel and copper in, in, in nice tight clusters is a great vector in for a potential ore body below and a potential drill target. but um, when you discover that it sits on mag lows, then that gives you a, a lot more confidence. So, mm. you know, we use that information to target initially and from B the BHP data. And then, of course, we did our own geochemical, you know, absolutely methodical geochemical sampling. We've collected over 20,000 uh, soil and rock chip uh, samples. Um, you know, we've done... Uh, you know, a great AMT, the geophysical campaign running AMTs that we could run quickly to give us a, a great indicator of where to next send our EM, you know, ground EM teams. And then mm -hmm. we could follow that up with some ground magnetics. And, you know, that uh, that really helped the 3D modelling 
of our drill holes and, uh, you know, where we had geochemical anomalies at surface and three geophysical confirmations intersecting, you know, we, we could, uh, you know, comfortably drill. And that's how we got such a good result on our first hole. Right, okay. Now you're saying uh, 22 targets. Um, no names yet, just target one, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have, we're giving the drill holes uh, uh, um, names that align up with the particular name of the licence. I mean, our project is the Kabanga Jirani project and, you know, around the, the four licences we've worked on, Kabanga North and Kabanga Northeast, um, uh, Kabanga West and our Kabanga East licenses so we'll we'll name them accordingly to that and give them their unique numbering but yeah we'll mm-hmm. we'll uh we'll improve those names as we get some more excitement i'm sure right. and assays from that first hole when are they likely uh so the asset look i mean assay results i mean like 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 the rest of the world we're you know in commodity super cycle and you know everyone is exploring um and you know there's ground that wasn't looked at for some time is certainly now being you know, explored, and I, I think uh, SGS in in Australia have announced they've got three month backlogs from mm. the amount of you know sheer you know soil, rock, and rock chip and uh, uh, core samples to go through. It's not as bad in Tanzania, I must say that, that we've had some pretty accelerated uh, results back. But um, look, I'd, I'd like to think we could see it, you know, conservatively, uh, you know, in in eight weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I'm expecting a bit better than that, though. So uh, let's let's see what we can bring back as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got SGS and ALS available to us, and, and we can use the labs both in Tanzania and in South Africa, as we've done, um, and be able to d- divide uh, the, the the work accordingly and, and speed up the results. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're drilling now at target two. So. Company's yeah. quite happy to move the rig around and uh, go through a series of uh, targets before coming back to uh, the best of them, I guess, once SA results are in. Yeah, that's the best. Look, it's the best thing. We're just adding to, you know, all the vectors that we've used from the UNDP and BHP data, then our own geochem work from our broad sampling to our infill soil sampling and layering the geophysics that we've uh, taken up as well. Um, it, it, it's, it's certainly the way uh, to now test, uh, drill test um, our targets and come back with as much geological information as possible. So, you know, we've had an exciting uh, first start and I think, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to bringing more results. And, you know, as I say, we'll do about eight holes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're fully funded for that, 3,000 metres of it. So, And that's uh, program completion is likely when? Well, the, um, look, uh, we'd say October, um, that mm-hmm. should be completed. Um, the assays will then be, let, let's be conservative and say two months uh, uh, thereafter, but we'll be layering everything and, and, and sort of um, staging or staggering each, each um, sampling of, of our cores. So we'll try and keep a flow of information coming. Um, it's, it's the same way we worked our our uh, geochemical and geophysics, um, you know, we mm-hmm. really layered across all those 22 targets so we could keep moving as quickly as possible. And that's how we, with absolute methodical integrity, have been able to come back with that mm-hmm. many high-priority targets. And you know, it was a sport for choice. It was pretty hard choosing eight uh, eight holes out of that. So, <laughs> And so I imagine, depending on the, the results 
well, if you snag something special from uh, uh, once the results are back from the SA lab, you'll be uh, you'll be back out in the field nonstop. Oh, absolutely. And that look after this this uh, sort of maiden drilling campaign, just drill testing our targets. You know, I mean, drill hole one. I mean, what a fantastic uh, mm. hole to come back to already. We've run some downhole EM. We're considering some gravity, perhaps too, just to define things a little better. I mean, to get that kind of high high mineral mineralisation readings um, across a 195-metre package of uh, these nickel and copper-bearing sulphide veins, um, we are right next to something. Um, you know, we're all quite sure there must be a, a nice massive sulphide that we can discover. But again, we you know have to pray to the exploration gods. We have to come back and do the, the right work and, and you know, we'll keep that same methodical integrity as we work across uh, our licences. You mentioned uh, the XRF reading on the uh, copper, particularly high. Does the Kabanga deposit have copper as well? Well, yes, it does, actually. I mean, that whole um, Cariaguian Colium belt is a a great uh, nickel, copper, cobalt, chrome and PGE um, uh, uh, highly prospective uh, uh, area. And Mm -hmm. it's got, I mean, it's the same age host rocks as you find in the Fraser Ranges, you know, where IGO's Nova discovery um, mm-hmm. uh, then has led to legend just going a little bit down strike and finding, you know, their own discoveries. And I think, uh, um, well, you know, Mr. Creasy definitely has a few other assets along that Fraser Range line. And it's also mm-hmm. similar in, in, in the fact that, you know, that's all abutting the Yulgarn Craton over here in WA. We have the Congo craton and the Tanzanian craton that this Cariaguian Coli uh, mobile belt um, uh, where, where we're prospecting right now, we're drilling right now. And uh, I think, you know, the, the, the analogues are, are just startling. And so we're looking forward to, you know, bringing back uh, another follow-on discovery, a long strike um, from uh, our, our giant neighbour, Kabanga Nickel. Mm, okay. Now, uh- over the years, I've seen lots of Australian companies head off overseas, uh, places like Africa and elsewhere. I'm just wondering what you're doing uh, to make sure that you're uh, entwined, engaged, as it were, with the uh, local communities, the government, the regulatory process. Do you have some uh, experts on the ground? Yeah, absolutely, we do. We've got uh, um, a good team of geologists on the ground, uh, our geotechs. We've got a you know a general manager that uh, uh, runs our office as well who's... Uh, come from a, a very accomplished background, both in uh, government and private. I mean, he's Resolute's uh, 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 accountant and, uh, you know, he um, ran the office there for some time and now he's, he's certainly taken a, a stellar career in his um, uh, government work and we're happy to have him join us. We've got uh, um, the, uh, the competent person that we have over there that can review all this for us because, you know, we're restricted from mm-hmm. travels here in Australia, um, is uh, in South Africa. And travel between South Africa and Tanzania is easy. Um, you know, COVID tests each way. Um, it's, um, you know, I've had several teams in and out from the geophysics teams to our competent person who's, who's tramped all that ground and, and, and had a, a good look over and, and, and reviewed from a dual compliant perspective a, a number of aspects to our work there. So he can fly in quite easily again. Um, you know, it is, it's important to have the right team and, and also the right team here at, at home. I mean, our, our board 
is you know there's three decades of Tanzanian mine builders on that board. Um, I'll right. point to Grant uh, Pierce, our chairman. And he's lived in Tanzania for 15 years. Um, mm. We're happy to have him back in in Perth, but it'll be nice to see him back in Tanzania too at some point. And mm. uh, you know he he um, took uh, you know Resolute's Golden Pride project from exploration to to uh, production and uh, continued that for six years. Um, he was country head of uh, Tanzania for Barrick. Um, I mean, he's, he's an excellent uh, member to the board and brings such gravitas. Um, you know, his relationships with mining ministers and the like is, is you know, of great integrity and highly regarded. So uh, it's important to have the right team and that attracts more good people. I mean, you've yeah. seen we've had uh, our board uh, increased with uh, David Reiki, who uh, has uh, spent uh, some of his uh, work in uh, Tanzania and, and Pan-Africa. Um, he uh, is an accomplished director. Uh, he was acting CEO of Poseidon Nickel uh, not long back too. And we've also got John Hicks, I mean, Panoramics GM of Exploration and responsible for, you know, uh, several nickel sulphide uh, discoveries. Yeah, so Savannah. it's it's great. Yeah, Savannah, yeah. great, great, great team. Now I dare say, if uh, the project was in WA somewhere, um, the company would probably have a market cap that would be a multiple of the fifteen million I referred to earlier. What do you think is holding the market value back at the moment? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think uh, the market uh, today and and the way you know, uh, I guess investors uh, play around small caps is. Uh, news 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 and we're trying to bring good news all the time so drilling mm -hmm. campaigns are one of those that uh, those aspects of news flow that you've got to work through the the drilling you've got to pull out the cores you've got to make observations uh, log them and sample them off and of course run xrfs of, of you know comprehensive xrf uh, readings uh, across the cores and and then you know send them off for assay so we'll try and keep bringing news uh, as quickly as possible. I suspect we're not far from some more news on uh, on our drill holes. Um, so it's it's yeah, you're right. It's it's amazing that we're at such uh, great value. I must say, I haven't seen us this low for some time. Um, there has been a bit of a battering on on uh, mining and metals of, of recent, and uh, of course, uh, you know the the, the smaller caps of have taken a bit of a, a hit, but I think uh, we're doing the right thing every day. We're doing the same thing. We're going to bring back those results. It's a it's a great team with a great commitment that we have. Um, we're in the right place, and uh, you know it's quite uh, fertile ground around us. So you know we'll keep that campaign going. We're going to bring back something along along that uh, 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 line of strike from Kabanga Nickel. Um, it's a good north northeast strike, and then yeah. we've got three more licenses uh, further north, about 50k to 100k. I mean, some of the highest geochemical samples in the BHP data packages sit on Ruiza, and the mm -hmm. second highest on Burigi. So there's going to be you know future excitement to to bring back as well. So there we go, folks. Very interesting story. A lightly capitalised company uh, sitting. Next to uh, one of the world's biggest uh, undeveloped nickel projects, and uh, it's got plenty of data in its bag already, provided kindly by BHP and the United Nations over time, and uh, a promise of 
a strong news flow as the eight-hole drilling program gets completed. So with that, I'm going to thank Alan for his time today. Thanks, Alan, and good luck with it all. Thank you, Barry. All the best.